With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Ah, the NFL, the gift that keeps on giving except if you're in Kansas City. Welcome in. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hit carry up on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Carry25Roads. You can find me at Dan Bayer on Fox. They got it right in Kansas City, didn't they? I'm, like, I, I, I'm not crazy. We're all not crazy here. Everything went right the way it should be in the Bills-Chiefs game yesterday. I'm not crazy, am I, Gary Rhodes? It was kind of part of the course, yeah. I don't think there was anything exciting happening in that game at all. I think it was um, pretty pretty rudimentary, actually. The, the, call, the call that has us all talking, and I've seen shirts. I've seen Ohio against the world. I've seen <laughs> Michigan against the world. Yeah. I've seen you know Chapel Hill uh, versus everybody. We've got... These sweatshirts, uh, trendy T-shirts, put your locale and against the world against everybody. But it truly is today, Kansas City versus the world when it comes to this conversation. Because I don't know anybody that has actually said, you know what, Andy Reid's got a good point. Patrick Mahomes has a good point. In talking about the offsides call on Kadarius Toney on what would have been the go-ahead touchdown – wouldn't have meant they would have won the game, but would have been the go-ahead touchdown with a little over a minute left in that game against the Bills yesterday. A call that we've seen much more often this season, saw it a little bit more often last season, but a call, quite frankly, Kerry, that I think we all could be unified in saying was the right call. Kerryus right. Tony was offsides. He was offsides. You know what this really depicts that's really going on with Kansas City? It's like you and a girlfriend, right? You let stuff slide. You let stuff slide, and it's going to be okay. I'll be fine. It's not that important. And then that one time when it's really important for you and not for them, <laughs> and it makes you blow up, I think that's what we're seeing here with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I mean, you look at the last couple of weeks, 
especially the last week against Philly, where they had the the, the call that didn't go their way. When mm-hmm. obviously it was a blatant pass interference that doesn't get called. There's carryover from there, right? So they're trying to be professionals, do it the right way, not say anything. You know, they let that slide last week. But when it happens again in the next game, it's it just it just causes for a little bit of a blow up there. And that's what that's what they're saying in Kansas City. Right. And the rest of the world is saying, what about the 15-yard penalty that was called on Green Bay when Patrick Mahomes wasn't out of bounds. Absolutely. What about the penalty that was called in the Super Bowl uh-huh. that allowed you to run down the clock and end up beating the Philadelphia Eagles and taking two minutes off? What about the hit out of bounds on Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game? We could, we could go on and on on calls that have benefited the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely. And that's why no one feels sorry for them. Oh, no. There's absolutely no one that feels (laughs) sorry for them. In fact, they're piling on. Patrick Mahomes' comments after the game on the field uh, near Josh Allen that open mics picked up. The NFL's reportedly looking into those comments. Here's the thing about it, because we're about to hear from Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes' stance didn't change after any cooling off period or after 15 minutes after the game ended. This is what Patrick Mahomes had to say after the Chiefs lost, lost to the Bills last night in Kansas City. I mean, not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that. I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that. And who knows if we win. As I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, it, I mean they're human, man. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something and – all I can do is go out there and give everything I have, and I'm proud of the guys because that's what we did, and it was a great football game that ended – another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough tough to swallow. To happen on a flag change the outcome of a game in that moment, I mean, I, I've played seven years never had that – never had offense all sides called. I mean, that's the we that's elementary school. We, we talk about – I mean, you point to the ref, do all that different type of stuff, and it doesn't get called. And if it does, you, they warn you, and there was no warning throughout the entire game. Um, and then you wait till there's a minute left in the game to make a call like that it's just tough man it, it, I mean it's lost for words man it's just it's tough because regardless if we win or lose man just just for the, the end of, with another game and it, we're talking about the refs man it's just not what we want for any for the NFL and for football so this is Patrick Mahomes piling on to yeah. this officiating conversation that's been prevalent throughout the NFL mm-hmm. now piling on when it's convenient for them that's 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 basically what this is but I'm right. so glad that you're sitting next to me today because you've been on an NFL Field. You've lined up with a receiver who I'm sure has pointed to the referee. Mm-hmm. Take us through that scenario because we're going to hear from Andy Reid because Andy Reid cleared something up earlier today that I think is a big part of what Kansas City is complaining about and they're no longer going to have a leg to stand on. But take us through that scenario. Is yeah. it different when you're closer to midfield as opposed to the sidelines? What are the stuff that you experienced in situations like this in the game? No, it's just a standard play, right? I, but I think that's the part I think we're losing the big picture of here, right? There's something fundamentally wrong with the Chiefs in general. And I, I've talked about it before. I think there is a, a, a little, little bit of a, a lackadaisical approach to what they're doing, even with the play call, and it's a little late. Like, everything about them seems like a little too laxed. So if you're going through the season, you're going through, through a progression of doing the fundamentals right and doing it doing it, and, and really doing it with intent, you don't make those mistakes. So you can blame it on the ref. You can blame it on whatever you want to blame it on. But, you know, the process of coming up to the line of scrimmage, putting your foot in the right place, pointing to the ref, like it becomes academic at certain points, but when it becomes a- academic, that's when you start to lose. If you're not paying attention to the small details as 
an athlete as a performer, anything, anything in his life. If you're not paying attention to the small details, that's when trouble comes into play. How often in your playing days, and again, this has mm-hmm. been a bit of a point of emphasis in the National Football League, do you remember an official saying, you need to back it up just a little bit? Oh, a few. A few times. It, it happens. Uh, but for the most part, if you point <laughs> and you get the head nod or you don't say they don't say anything back to you, you're good. So I don't know in the, in the operation of Tony coming to the line, did he ever point to the ref? I don't know. But if he did and the ref gave him the thumbs up or didn't say anything, then that would be cause for concern. Andy Reid gave us that answer there earlier you go. today. <laughs> Normally he looks over to the sideline and just gets an okay. There you go. And on that one, he just happened not to. So that would be the coaching point. Make sure you check with the guy on the on the side just to see if you're aligned. I mean, he's not lining up offsides on purpose. And listen, he was two inches away from from or an inch from being legal. And um, like I said, you can argue both sides of it. It's uh, um, for both teams. There, there are things that happen where people, you know, just it happens like that. So I guess the league's trying to clean that up uh, from what I heard um, uh, by one of the broadcasters last night. So I didn't, I, I don't, you know, whatever. I, I like Andy Reid. I don't think Andy Reid's full of BS, but he's wrong in saying that both sides can be argued. I don't think that both sides can be argued, and and here's why, and it goes back to what Patrick Mahomes said earlier, which is irrelevant in this case. The play that happened was irrelevant because the penalty was called immediately. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like the official watched Travis Kelsey catch the pass, then throw it across the field as a lateral to Kadarius Toney, watched him run into the end zone, and then say, you know what? Penalty time. No, it was immediate. It could have been a two-yard gain. Right. It could have been an incomplete pass. That's the point that is completely irrelevant and why I don't think that the outcome of the play doesn't have any effect on this call. And because of what ended up happening, Kansas City feels like they were robbed of it. Sure. But in essence, the penalty was the penalty, and the penalty was the penalty as soon as the ball was snapped because his foot was on the line. There's no way that the referee could pick up the flag in that instance, Kerry. 100%, yeah. And 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 the and I think that's what the Kansas City Chiefs wanted the officials to do, to convene, to say, you know what, there is no foul for offensive offsides. And you know what would have happened then? <laughs> you, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, you, you know exactly what would happen then. Yeah, because yeah. right now it's Kansas City against the world. The world would have said, you know what? The NFL is rigged. Yeah. The NFL is in cahoots for the Kansas City Chiefs to make the playoffs and get home field advantage, and they don't want to knock out Patrick Mahomes. But that is essentially what the Kansas City Chiefs wanted the referees to do was to pick up the flag because they made one of the greatest plays in regular season, if not NFL history, because Kadarius Toney's foot was on the line of scrimmage. And yeah, it doesn't matter if it was an inch or not. The pool reporter asked the officials after the game, he's saying it was bad enough that I couldn't even see the football. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's It's a black and white. I think that we're all united in all of this, and Kansas City just has their red and yellow glasses on and for some reason feels that they are the victim in all of this. Yeah, I mean, somebody has to be the victim, right? I mean, I don't think there's ever going to be a situation where somebody doesn't feel a little slighted about whatever whatever's happened in the past, right? So, you know, there's a place of, I think, growth and maturity where down the line you can be like, oh, okay, 
now that I have clarity about this situation, it was fair. But in the in the immediate aftermath of something like that, where such a competitive game, competitive sport, somebody's trying to win, somebody's trying, somebody's trying not to lose, you're gonna have visceral reactions to that. But it's you know, I think a little bit later they'll figure out that it's it, it was fine. They made the right call. I've always felt that penalties shouldn't be reviewed except one penalty. Mm-hmm. Okay, one penalty. Mm-hmm. I feel face masks are pretty obvious mm-hmm. for some reason. We miss them, and I feel that they are just absolutely egregious when we see a head turn, whether a guy got a face mask or not. And I'm not saying allow the review of face masks, but when we talk about reviewing penalties, a lot of this is what does the ref think? What do you think? That's where the problems in the NFL are happening right now is a lot of it's subjective because one guy thinks one thing and another ref would think another sure. thing. Yeah. And you're dealing with different crews each week. Mm-hmm. This is plain as day. This isn't uh, – and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but this isn't uh, this crew would call it, that crew wouldn't call it sort of thing. This is pretty much plain that a guy's foot is on the line. And that's why I think that Patrick Mahomes now trying to jump in – on the officiating questions that have come into the league this year, there seems to be a lot more about the inconsistencies and in what we have, and I know that they're coming off the loss to Green Bay yeah. and now lose again. To your point, I think that's all building up, but when we talk about the problems of officiating and where we are, this is something that is just it, – it's not even subjective. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. He's offsides. The plane is day. That's it. End of story. It's not like pass interference or was there holding? Was there a legal contact after five yards? None of that. This is plane is day. <laughs> yeah, that this yeah this this definitely doesn't uh, fall in the same basket as the, the the bad officiating calls that we've seen. Very blatant. Sometimes you do think as players they don't call everything, and that's the thing. I think I think that's where the gray the gray area is when it is subjective. Even though you said this is black and white. A lot of times, some things don't get called. Holdings don't get called when there's when there are blatant holdings, and sometimes they do. And so that's where the subjectivity comes in. At this one, the fact that we have a freeze frame that shows him <laughs> right now as as it's on live, show him off off sides. It's hard to hard to combat that though. The flag was thrown as Patrick Mahomes was dropping back to pass. Yeah, he hadn't even set his back foot yet to throw. Yeah. So again, that's the the point of the penalty. Mm-hmm. And I also tried to compare it because I think that there are questions in officiating that we deal with in other sports. I'm sure baseball balls and strikes are are, yes. are questioned. Yeah. But in basketball, okay, is a foul on a shot with three seconds left the same as a foul as it is with three seconds into the first quarter. Exactly. Same sort of thing. This yeah. is not that. Yeah. This is, does a guy step out of bounds or not? Did the guy step in the backcourt on a backcourt <laughs> violation? Yeah. Was his foot on the line? Mm-hmm. That's what this is. This mm-hmm. isn't a travel. This isn't a, a shooting foul. This is none of that. Was his toe on the line? Was Kevin Durant's toe on the line in the Eastern Conference semifinals in 2021 in Game 7? It was close. It, 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 but it was. <laughs> it was on and the line. we saw it, and it's a two-point bucket, and the Bucks are NBA champions yeah. weeks later. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. Plain as day. And that's and maybe you're right that in due time the Kansas City Chiefs will realize what's going on, but I think you're right. There is a bigger issue. Kadarius Tony has had some awful primetime games. Yeah. There's the drops that he had early in the season, and now you've got this scenario. This seems to be something that's building up. I think it's completely taken away from the Buffalo Bills victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City has no one to blame but themselves. And the irony in, 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 it, in it all is 
he's the one that caught the pass to score the touchdown, which is just so funny to me. Sure. Like he's the one offsides, yeah. and he's the one that ends up taking it in for in, in the end zone for a touchdown that does not count because of him. It's I, just ironic. I had wondered if this was a planned play, and then we do research, and you know, Andy Reid's been. You know, telling Travis Kelsey stop with the lateral stuff. We saw it against the Broncos yeah. uh, in a game, and and so there's this was not a planned play. And if you don't believe me, if you get an opportunity, watch what Kadarius Tony was doing as Travis Kelsey was running with the ball because he had no idea the football was coming his way. <laughs> I thought he was checking something with his gloves. I thought he was checking something with his hand warmer. I think he looked away at one point and like maybe like moved his hand towards a referee because he maybe felt he was interfered with or something. But then all of a sudden he looks up and the football's coming his way. Yeah. And then he ends up taking it to glory. I'm surprised he didn't drop that, to be honest. Yeah, it would have been. That's me piling on. Yeah, that's <laughs> part of the course <laughs> that he drops the ball on the lateral. But no, he's a, it was not a planned play. You can see it just from the way it was happening, happening live. It was, it was full on instincts by, by Travis and, you know, he happened to see him over there lollygagging a little bit behind the play because <laughs> he should have been up more trying to block. But sure. he's in the background kind of, you know, getting ready for the next play and catches the ball and scores, which is so it's so funny that he actually scored and was the one offside. So, yeah, it's it's it was very ironic for me. Just like D Ford lining up offsides in the AFC Championship game that would have sent the Chiefs to the Super Bowl against the Patriots yeah. five years ago. Uh, this on the other side of the ball, but I think you're right. There's a much bigger issue in Kansas City. It is. That's a game that they should have won. Buffalo jumped out to a, to a quick start. Mm-hmm. Then the Chiefs got a turnover. Uh, were able to turn it into points, and then pretty much kept the Bills at bay yeah. ever since. But you didn't have Pacheco last night. You're still you're you're hoping that that game breaker would be Kadarius Tony. It looks like it's going to be Rasheed Rice right now who had a decent game. But, yeah, there are problems in Kansas City, and it may not be as easy to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I picked Buffalo to win that game going in anyway. And uh, to see them jump out and actually you know, come in with, with, with a little bit of energy because Buffalo has some stuff going on that we'll talk about later as well. But, yeah, they, they came in, fought hard, and that's a hard place to play anyway. I mean, I played in Arrowhead quite a bit, and my first ever game was in Arrowhead. And I just – I know how – impactful that place is and that building so for them to go in and get that win let's give buffalo more credit here and and uh you know they got it done this is the best of the doug gottlieb show on fox sports radio if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. On a night where you get two Monday night football games, yeah, you get two of us sitting in for Doug Gottlieb as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are many more storylines to come out of what transpired in Arlington, Texas last night as the Dallas Cowboys... And I have to say it. Say it. The first place Dallas Cowboys topped the Eagles yes. 33-13. to 13. Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of semantics. The Eagles still, if they win out, will end up winning the NFC East because of a tiebreaker, which is common wins against uh, common opponents. Mm-hmm. But right now, Dallas, because of how things stand in, in the standings, technically are the first place team. And they look like the better team in last night's 33-13 to win. But there are a bunch of branches that are coming out of this. And quickly on the Philadelphia Eagles side of things, did you see the clip of the two fans, Eagles-Cowboys fans, fighting in the concourse of – AT&T Stadium last night? I did not. Who won? Is it like a precursor well, to the game? Well, the Cowboys or? fan won. See? There it is. But they yep. also they were also fighting in in the midst of one of those memorabilia sections where, you know, you'll have like a framed C.D. Lamb jersey. And I, I, number one, wonder if the value of the framed why, – why you would go to a Cowboys-Eagles game and leave with a framed Michael Jordan jersey, I have no idea. <laughs> but if it has any of the blood from one of the uh, assailants in this fight, yeah. maybe the value would go up. I was about to say, you can, yeah, you can frame that, no pun intended, sure. as you know, a game-worn jersey with b- real blood, sweat, and tears – you know, put yeah. on the jersey. That'd be kind of cool. Not only do I have this framed Tom Brady Patriots yeah. jersey, yeah. You this is also where the Cowboys fans butt crack rubbed against the or, jersey because his pants were also <laughs> falling down yeah. as he was dominating the Eagles. Like the Cowboys won this fight. They won the fight on the field last night. By the yeah. way, you can see it at TMZ. Uh they've got the full the, <laughs> No one, by the way, no one stepped in. Nobody. Like, That's what hey, I- <laughs> Settle dog. Is that that just a Texas thing? I have no idea. You let them slug it out. You let them figure it out. They can have a beer after or whatever. But in the mix, in the midst of the fight, nobody jumps in. I think that's a cool, you know, that's a cool little soiree. Uh, It's it's great. (laughs) Uh, It's not great. I wouldn't have wanted to be there. We're not promoting fighting. No, but it was indicative of what the Cowboys did to the Eagles last night. And now I feel there is this. Not only do we get from the Cowboys another 
look at what Dak Prescott's doing. Yeah. This is your most valuable player, folks. Yes. This you is your MVP of the league. Yeah. You're starting to hear something else that I've kind of clamored with for a bit, and that's some praise from Mike for Mike McCarthy. Mm. This was the Cowboys head coach after last night's 33 to 13 win. We had the opportunity up in Philadelphia, so we you know we needed to get this game, and, and more importantly, I, I I just wanted to see us take a step as a football team, you know, because it's about winning, always be about winning. But you, you know, you got you got to improve, you have to improve down the stretch here. Uh, you want to be playing your best football in December, and I, I think we got off to a great start tonight. I think that the game is also a big blow to Jalen Hurts' MVP candidacy, mm-hmm. but also a big boost to one Dak Prescott's candidacy after he threw for 271 yards and two scores last night. This was Dak after the win. We're, we're committed to the same goal. Uh, we're holding each other accountable. We've got a great locker room. We're having fun. We, we got great guys to work with, and that always makes it better. So when you get out here on this field, uh, you're going to leave it out here for, for the guy. I mean, J- Jordan Lewis broke it down today talking about love, and uh, there's a lot of love on this team. We're going to build off of it each and every week. A lot of great players and plays around me, honestly. Uh, I don't think I was my best tonight, far from it. Uh, but when you got a defense like this that holds them to six points, a kicker that will kick it from anywhere, uh, and guys making plays, uh, they make my job easier. So, so thankful for them. I want to give Dak some credit here. He's been much maligned the last couple of years, right? Four mm-hmm. interceptions, his turnovers, can't win the big game. All the things that kind of come with being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, right? For him to be trending in the direction he is right now and playing really good football, to give the credit to the other guys around him and not really, you know, this is a chance for him to actually say, you know, I know he's going to say the right things, but there's a moment where you've been beat down so much that you want to voice that and express that to people and let them know that I am here. Mm-hmm. I am the guy that I'm, you know, that you guys don't think I am. I am that guy. And he had a chance to do that, but he gave and deflected credit and gave it to his teammates and to his coaching staff. And I, I just think that's such a beautiful thing. I think there's a, there's always been a lot of heaviness. That position is one of the few in sports. I mean, really, Cow, uh, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? Mm-hmm. Shortstop in the New York Yankees, like mm-hmm. there, there are certain positions that are not equal to others. Right, that is one of them, and to be able to play that the way that they have and still have that, because there is there is a I don't know if you want to call it a burden of excellence that is higher than others. Yeah, and in in other spots because of what comes with the territory of being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And you're right, it's the wherewithal, it's the understanding of the moment, and it's not that other. Other quarterbacks wouldn't do that. It's that other quarterbacks aren't in that <laughs> position of being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Exactly. Sorry, it's different. You know, Tom Brady made the position of quarterback of the New England Patriots special. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brock Purdy's the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, and we know how great the quarterback history of that franchise is. But right. there is nothing like being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And now when you're sitting there with a 10-win team, you're atop the NFC East and closing in if you would have beaten San Francisco earlier in the season. You're atop the NFC by yourself. Yeah. At this point, San Francisco, uh, the top team in the conference because of that win over Dallas. But his streak and what he's done has been amazing. And you're hearing a lot of MVP talk. Yeah. And now it really picked up because it's a Sunday night game. It's against the division rival. It's against a team that they came close to beating last year that we thought was one of the tops. All of that is natural. But now what is finally happening, Kerry, what I love and what I see is Mike McCarthy is not being thrown under the bus. You're right. He was the easy target. So as much as there was a burden about being the – there's a gift and a curse of being the Cowboys quarterback, being Mike McCarthy has not been easy. Yeah. 
And to now see, and we saw it with stats that were put up over social media, you know, our buddy Bucky Brooks put a big explanation today on on Twitter, excuse me, x.com, formerly known as Twitter, (laughs) about Mike McCarthy. It was something that I talked about a month ago on this network is we talk so much about Dak, but here's a Cowboys team that honestly their offensive line isn't what it was from years past. It's Mm -hmm. not that it's a bad offensive line. Mm -hmm. They still have Zach Martin and and other good pieces, but it wasn't like the dominant line that maybe you saw six or seven years ago. There's no Ezekiel Elliott anymore, and you've been figuring out a way to move in new pieces around CeeDee Lamb at the wide receiver position and doing so taking over the play calling duties after you let your offensive coordinator leave for the Chargers. That part, that part's been amazing actually. Him him calling the plays and I know in the beginning of the year he said he wanted to get back to running the ball more, but that hasn't come to fruition. I think he's actually leaning into the strength of that team, which is their their passing game right now and he's doing a good job of calling the game. But I'm reserving my praise for Mike McCarthy until in, until those moments where the game's tight and he has to make actual decisions and he has to make decisions on whether being uh, aggressive or non-aggressive because a lot of times with him in those situations, he, he hasn't had the, the best success. And also with the game and, and with clock management as well. He's had problems with that as well. So I want to see how that stuff happens when the games really matter. But to your point, he's done a great job this year. And, and the play calling part has been it's, it's, it's been amazing. Kerry Rhodes piling on to the <laughs> Mike McCarthy slander. No, there, I'm just waiting, just waiting. There, There is something that is also formed from this. This this game last night is many tentacles, if you will. There's the Eagles story. Mm-hmm. There's the fans fighting story. <laughs> you like that one. There's the Dak story. There's the Mike McCarthy story. Yeah. And off of the Mike McCarthy story, I think that if you take a step back and look in the National Football League – You'll also realize something. Everybody who has left Aaron Rodgers is winning right now. Oh, my God, Dan. Come on, man. When you look at what Mike McCarthy is doing with the (laughs) Dallas Cowboys and doing it with the authority that he has, Mm -hmm. to have someone like Dak Prescott, you talked about him being humble in his interview. Yes. How about being able to accept coaching, to go along with the coach? I mean, it was even made a point in the broadcast last night in trying to replicate stuff that Aaron Rodgers did, stuff that had done previously and getting the football out, Brett Favre as is, is well, yeah. something that Mike McCarthy and them have been preaching to him. But you see Mike McCarthy doing great in Dallas. You see the Green Bay Packers now starting to take off with Jordan Love and mm-hmm. an ability to go to 7-6 uh, and six tonight and be in that NFC playoff picture if mm-hmm. they can beat the Giants. All of these things are, are getting better Jordan Love, even just take his play of of what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. The absence of Aaron Rodgers has also allowed these parties to flourish. Dan, that is not entirely accurate. They've been winning. There's what they green, haven't green, been winning green, like this. Green though. Bay seven and what seven and six, six and six. They're six and six, right? That's. 500 football. They're not. They were the same as they were last year. And now they're starting to creep up. But they've won. They've won with Aaron, too. So you can't. It's hard to make that claim. But they are winning without him as well. So their system or whatever they're doing does work. So I agree with what you're saying there. But they won just as much with Aaron, both of those guys. And and McCarthy actually won the Super Bowl with Aaron. But look look at the heaviness. Yeah. Look at the heaviness of. So the the Jets needed to bring in (laughs) Alan Lazard. Randall Cobb, 
you know, Nathaniel Hackett's familiarity, you know, uh, helped them out in bringing Rodgers in. There's a lot of Rodgers in doing that. Yeah. How about Matt LaFleur and Packers GM Brian Gutekunst finally getting the freedom to do what they want to do? Sure. And allowing Jordan Love to flourish. By the way, without really a run game, because Aaron Jones has been in and out of the lineup all season long, yeah. they're short in that uh, position. You've got other elements of the Packers that weren't necessarily forming. You thought you'd maybe have David Bakhtiari. He hasn't been there at all. Yep. So now you're trying to formulate an offensive line. But it's taken time, but it's also allowed Matt LaFleur to, to do what he's wanted to do. He's coaching his butt off. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's allowed Mike McCarthy to do what he has wanted to do. There is a point where you do have to – cater to your star quarterback for yes. sure because yeah. otherwise it's never going to work right but still at times at green bay that was never good enough and mike mccarthy was always the scapegoat for aaron Rodgers in green bay and i'm not saying and you're right aaron Rodgers and mike mccarthy won a super bowl together mm-hmm. i don't know if the packers probably don't win that super bowl without aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. but completely fair to say that right but mike mccarthy got zero credit for that super bowl. for sure none whatsoever it I was agree. aaron Rodgers. it was charles woodson it was clay matthews it was you know Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, all these guys. That is the fact of the matter. And then when you go to Dallas and then there's problems, what is what is Jerry Jones doing hiring Mike McCarthy? Yeah. And, oh, look, Dallas has the same problems. Losing in the <laughs> divisional pl- playoffs last year and Zeke getting run over and, oh, Mike McCarthy. As you just pointed out, there's going to be questions about, all right, now I want to see what he needs to do. But that tells me another thing. He's now gotten to the level because of how good they are, and they are so good there isn't a team in the NFL with a better point differential than the Dallas Cowboys right now. That that now is like the last sort of thing that people are waiting to to pick on McCarthy, who, by the way, again, already has a Super Bowl ring. I'm just saying he's allowed (laughs) to flourish and do his thing unimpeded. Remember, when he came in, Kellen Moore stuck around. Mm -hmm. Kellen Moore came from the previous regime. Now that he's out, Mike McCarthy can do what he wants to do, and everything is clicking in Dallas. Man, it's looking really good. I'm really high on Dallas right now as well, and I think you're proving a really good point as far as those – Two coaches in particular getting out of the shadow of the of, of you know of Aaron and and having that that big name guy you have to cater to and, and and make decisions to where sometimes it would probably not be in your best interest or what you would want to do as a head coach but you know now they have those teams and both teams are starting to pick it up pick up steam here as the season goes on and and they both look pretty good. He's got to be feeling free as a bird. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's Kerry yeah. Rhodes. I'm Dan Byer. Sitting in for Doug Gottlieb as we're live from the TireRack.com studios. Hit Kerry up at Kerry 25 Rhodes. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Kerry Rhodes, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Beyer, in for Doug Gottlieb today. Today's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Love and hate coming up in about five minutes or so. But, Kerry, you touched on the Buffalo Bills, and I think that's a good way uh, to transition this chief story. Yeah. Enormous enormous victory yesterday for Buffalo. We are talking so much about the lateral, the offsides call. Buffalo now 7-6, and six, huge road win out of the bye. Yeah. I think it could catapult them to greater things this season in what truly has been an awful start considering their expectations. Yeah. They probably should have lost to the Giants. You had Sean McDermott's comments uh, from years back popping up this past week in the bye week. Von Miller was arrested. I mean, this it looked like the season was going down the drain. Now you go and win in Kansas City like you did. I think bigger and brighter things could be ahead for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, we talked about this. I, I do, too. I think there's, there is reason and hope and optimism now building again in that building. Uh, it's funny when teams are winning, you don't hear those stories. But when teams start to lose and they start to spiral, there's cracks yes. in the armor. There's chinks in the armor that starts to, uh, you know, starts to give to the to the bigger audience, you know, some more fodder for the fire, right? But I think they have a chance, but I'm not 100% sold on Buffalo yet, but they do have a chance. I like Buffalo for a couple of reasons. Number one, of all the teams that are right now battling for wild cards, mm-hmm. they are the most dangerous. And when you look at the roster of teams yep. – you're talking about Pittsburgh, who's got to start Mitchell Trubisky again coming up this weekend. They're done. We're talking about the Houston Texans, who just lost C.J. Stroud to a concussion after losing Nico Collins and Tank Dell in consecutive weeks. Because yeah. Nico left yesterday with a calf injury. Yeah. Yeah. You have the Colts, who are still without Jonathan Taylor, and I think that there are holes there. Yeah. I mean, the Browns at 8-5, and five, the Joe Flacco-led Browns, 
are solidly in the playoffs Damn, right now. That's my team to look out for. I love Cleveland, and I'm not like – I mean, their defense is so good, right? Flacco has come off the couch. He's given all of us ex-players who sit on the couch hope to think that we can do it again, to see a guy like that come in and really – I mean, obviously he knows football, but yeah. come in and like pick matchups and know where he wants to go with the ball. I mean, that team is still scary. So that's my one. If, <laughs> and then you've got the Broncos and, and Bengals. And I think the Broncos, we still have questions about, despite their defense playing much better. Yep. And the Bengals and Jake Browning. I like Browning, too. You, yeah. People like Jake Browning's play, but uh-huh. I still think when it push comes to shove, You're right. Yeah. Um, I would rather have Buffalo in that situation. All right, little love and hate coming up. I think Buffalo could go on a big run. I think it could be Tampa Bay Buccaneers-esque three, three years ago. Call it. Put it out there then, Dan. Don't uh, just say casually. Put it out there. That's what you think? Let's hear I, it. I think they at least I think they get to the AFC Championship. Ooh, game. that's a big one. I do. Take, I think this is a catapult. Jason, write that down. This. Even jumping out to a 14-0 lead and then stalling after that, I think this lifts <laughs> Buffalo to do bigger and better things. Okay. All right. Uh, yes. Speaking of better, let's head over to the news desk, Monty Bolaños. <laughs> and then love and hate after Monty. Monty's got the latest of what's happening on this Monday. What's going on, Monty? I don't think Buffalo's got it, Dan. <laughs> I think they're a mess. <laughs> I, I know they won last night, and I picked them to win. Yeah. Uh, but I- Oh, all I, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I picked them to win. I picked them to I win. Did. I, I really did. did. I really I did. I really did because really they did. had to win because yeah. they're still in. It, but they're a mess. But you know what, Monty? More that pick for me was more about Kansas City not being right. So uh, inst- not because I believed in Buffalo. It was I don't think Kansas City's good yet. And, and you're so right. One hundred percent. I just thought Buffalo was like, if we don't win this one, <laughs> we everyone's fired. Josh Allen, every, everybody's fired. Just you know, wrap up the team, wrap up the season on Sunday. They're in Dallas to face the Cowboys yes. in Week 15. No, that's not going to be pretty. Ooh, fun. Oh, it will. It's going to be fun. <laughs> fun. 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 <laughs> I mean, so the daddy takes the T-bird away. Exactly. Uh. Exactly. Carrie, this is what we do. It's exactly what I just said. We tell you what we loved. Mm. We tell you what we hated about this past weekend. But we always start out with the good news. What did you love from this past weekend? Not only in the world of sports, but it could be outside of that. Let's start with our executive producer. What did you love? God, I love. Oh, jeez, I forgot we had an intro for this. (laughs) Meet these player haters. (laughs) Hey, meet these players. You know what I love? We do have a music bed, don't we? You know what I love? What did you love? I love when uh, when Dan Byer misses an on-air cue because uh, he never does it, <laughs> and I know he's going to beat himself up for the rest of the day for this. He's like, we're going to do great radio for the next 90 minutes, but he's going to think about that. He That's missed true. the intro. That's true. He missed the intro. I know what my hate is already. You got it. There it is. Um, don't you like when it's teed up like that? Sorry, Jason. My love for the weekend um, as a Dodger fan, we got uh, Shohei Otani. Yep. Um, and you know he's the best player of a generation, so that there's a lot to love there. But I, I tried to put my finger on what I love most about it, and I think it comes down to this: it's not necessarily that we got him, and you could talk about all the money and where that could have gone. But I honestly think that I love it most because nobody else got him. That yeah. I think I would have hated it if somebody else got him more than I love that we got him. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that's that. my explanation. Yes. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Mike Harmon always says in our I Want Your Flex podcast that if you pick up a person and they're on your bench, they score 50 points, at least they weren't in someone else's starting lineup. That's It's a great way of looking <laughs> at it. Like You may not have gotten those points, but guess what? Somebody else didn't either. You know what that sounds like, though? 
Dan. What's that? That's a play I hater. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's what that is. Did I tell you I got my play a hating degree? See, I yes. knew it. I knew it. Yes, I there did. It is. Took I me four it. and a half uh, years <laughs> to do so. I'll tell you what I loved. I loved that the Vikings and Raiders almost played to a scoreless draw <laughs> through 60 minutes. Monty was yes. with us yesterday hanging out. Like, it was scoreless in the 57th minute. Like, how awesome was that? And there were things that were happening that made you think that maybe they were going to score earlier, Mm -hmm. and then there would be a penalty, and then there would be a sack, and then there would be a punt, and then you would like, oh, well, they're pinned back, so they're going to give up field position. Maybe they'd get a few yards, then boom, a punt, then there'd be a clip. It was magnificent of scoreless football for 58 minutes, only only to be ruined by the Vikings' field goal. Just, just for <laughs> for for bleeps and giggles, you just go to the scoring summary, and it's just awesome that there's just a field goal there. Yeah. It's great. Greg Joseph, thirty six yards, buck fifty seven left in the game. That's what I love. Well, you should have been a Jet fan all year because that's part of course with our <laughs> offense as well. So. Not no. this week. Not this week, Not though, this baby. Week. Not this week, baby. Zach came out. That's right. I guess like my turn, right? Yeah. What did I love this weekend? I loved this weekend that I just got to sit down and not do anything. No. Oh. I've been traveling for a while and, you know, doing some things. I had some really big events that I had to attend the, the week prior, and so I had to travel. Got to sit down on the couch and curl up and watch good movies on Netflix. So it sounded nice. it, it was it was it was pretty pretty chill. I love that. Chivalry is dead on the Doug Gottlieb show because we just went gentlemen first. We did. Gentlemen we, we first. Left last. Uh, Monty, they, don't, they don't care about us, Monty. Monty and Lorena. We love nothing. We love nothing. <laughs> we're, sa- we're saving the best for last. There we, we go. We definitely don't love you fellas today. Right? <laughs> uh, I actually just loved everything that happened in the AFC because it is a train wreck. We don't know who's going to win. I love that the Bills won. I love that the Browns lost. I love that the Steelers lost. I love the Bengals won. Like, nobody knows what's going to happen in the AFC from this point. So I love everything that happened yesterday in the AFC. It's great. It stands for all bleeping chaos. That's what it stands for. I love it. I love it. It became even more chaotic after yesterday. Uh, Lorena, I'm guessing the Cowboys win? Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait, Let me. How dare you steal my thunder (laughs) for one, okay? First off, my gambler pick from Friday was right because I picked the Cowboys to beat, what's their names? I don't don't remember. <laughs> Anyways, they beat them so well that I barely even had to watch the game. I could multitask because they were doing so well, and I just love that. Mm. Uh, mm. There you go. They're, they're called the, the 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 birds. The birds. The birds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they look like fried chicken right now. So she picks the Cowboys every single week. We just don't know if it's Wyoming, Oklahoma State, or Dallas. That's oh. the only. That's, <laughs> it is. that's the yeah. only thing. It's just the Cowboys. I forgot it, I got to be know, specific. Know. On yeah. No, don't worry it, about it. Why it, start now? Keep it. Ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right, ladies. What did you hate from this past weekend? Uh, Matsu, you want to go first? That the Lakers won the in season tournament. Oh. <laughs> Easy. Getting their props. Easy. I know. I Easy. Yeah. What did you hate about it? What's the, uh... That it's the Lakers. I hate that. You know, I, she's a clipper. I, I can't. I don't. She's a clipper. I, I can't support the Lakers winning I this. I gotcha. No. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Will there be a banner race? Do they we know this no. answer? They said no. They said yeah. no. Yeah. Right. yeah. But they did pop champagne bottles and stuff. And yeah, got hats. Yeah. Yeah. And shirts. It, it I'm going to lo- buy all of you guys one after Christmas because it'll probably be $1.99. It looked so generic. It did. It, it did. did. It was so manufactured. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I can't support that. <laughs> 
Monty hated the Lakers winning. We were at a Christmas party. No one was paying any attention. I was. <laughs> no, I was. Um, I was like, oh my God, Pacers, come on, get it together. Mm-hmm. No. Get it together. So that's what I actually hated this weekend. Dan Beyer is Saturday. Rich Davis hosted his annual gingerbread house making party, and everyone went except for me. At I guess Carrie Rhodes didn't I go, did either. Not go either. But no, that's these three, on his couch. I was on my couch. I wasn't getting up anyway. Yeah, so I was in my matter. own gingerbread house. I make such yeah. good gingerbread houses though. Like mine would have won for sure. So I hate I didn't Listen, get to go. Shay and I did downtown LA. We did crypto and a skyscraper. I don't think you would have beat us. Ooh, I need to see right. pictures of this. You know, it fell apart. Oh, so it didn't matter because it didn't last? Well, it, it lasted. We have pictures and we got... <laughs> Longevity matters. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't because it was eaten. What do you mean? It, should, you also, it should also be noted there's a hierarchy to the Christmas party and it's by John Ramos's Instagram post. And I think Monty made the most pictures. So Monty actually wins, then it's Jason. I was not in any pictures. You also I was left pegged. without saying bye? I did, say, I did say goodbye. So that does that, yeah, I, I I did, but Monty was too busy watching the Lakers win. Yeah. then realized my goodbye. That's By the a, way, really... ask Monty um, why Jason Stewart doesn't do gingerbread houses. Uh, why, why doesn't? Why? Because your your lady's gonna beat us all. Oh, I thought you, you nailed it on Saturday. I'm just too cool for that stuff. I, I just kind of kick back and and have myself some uh, some scotch and watch people make gingerbreads. But I'm I, too cool for it. He's too cool, I'm just for, too it. cool that, for it. I did that. say that. So yes. he likes the hangover and bird's eye view. It is he, what he likes exactly. To do. Okay. He yeah. did wear a Christmas sweater though. Yes, did. festive. Did. It was a big hit. <laughs> festive. All right. What did you hate, Jason? So uh, my Chargers lost. Okay, my Chargers mm-hmm. played awful. Yeah. And it was really actually embarrassing. But there is a silver lining to this, that Brandon Staley is one step closer to being fired. Um, Dan Byer will attest to this. Monsey will attest to this. After Jacksonville came back from 27 to nothing last January, yeah. I was calling for Brandon Staley's job that Monday. Yeah. So it would be 10 months too late, but um, Brandon Staley's job is on the line. Like, I think this week. I... Yeah, it's it's over with. It's done with. <laughs> and I completely uh, w- will agree that the Staley tenure is over, but I do have to throw this in. While Jason was talking, I did check Instagram. Monty won three times in John Ramos's picture, which is, which is three times more than his teenage daughter who was also at the party. So, so yes. I did so, not see her at all. Yeah, what? Yeah. So, so John had a picture of the family and the kids. Monty was in three times. Jason was in two pictures. Cavino made two. Rich, the host, was only in one of them. So that's that's how we decipher the rankings. Uh, you, you know what I hate? What did you hate, Dan? J.G. McCarthy got a Heisman vote to win the award. Oh, the Michigan quarterback, they finished like 10. <laughs> what are we doing? There's like 9 million people can vote for the Heisman. I, I don't have a vote. No one here at Fox Sports Radio outside of Steve Hartman has a vote. Steve. He has what? one? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I was like, he lets everybody know that. But yeah, somehow sure. somebody yeah. just felt, oh, the number one, he's the quarterback. He should have won the Heisman. He barely has 200 yards passing combined in their two biggest wins of the season. So it's just ridiculous. Congrats to Jaden Daniels, yeah. but ridiculous that J.J. McCarthy got a Heisman vote to I'm, win. I'm sitting here listening to you tell this story. I see the pain in your eyes, and I also see the Ohio State tag on your shirt, so I understand <laughs> the hate now. How did Marvin Harrison Jr. finish fourth? Come on. I get it. No, the thing I hated about this weekend, I, it kind of piggybacks to what my love was. I, I got a chance to sit down, lay down on the couch, 
watch a, a brilliant movie, a good movie that I thought was very exciting. Are you going to give us the title, Carrie? You've I, mentioned this movie twice. I now. will. <laughs> I will. It's Leave the World Behind. It's on Netflix. It was produced by the Obamas and all that, and, and you know more people, but you know they're the name that sticks out. And very <laughs> exhilarating movie, <laughs> but the ending left so much to be desired. It was one of those ones where it made you be introspective, and you had to really dive down the rabbit hole to get some understanding of what's going on. And I just thought it could have been a little better and a little bit more dramatic at the end. So a thumbs I did down not to like the Obama's movie with the ending. I liked the movie was good, but the ending left a little to be desired. Well, there's no chance he's going to appear in the sequel. I will so not. There, I that will is not, not going to happen. Not. Nope. There it is. Love and hate for the weekend here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Could I do? Could, we, could I do one show uh, tweet to summarize this first hour? Yeah. Dan Byer claims that the Bills are going to the AFC title game. Kerry Rhodes hates Obama movies. <laughs> is that about sum it up? Okay. No, yes, please yeah. do that. Yeah. Nail on the head. <laughs> He's Kerry Rhodes. I'm Dan Beyer. Monty Bolaños is here. Jason Stewart's here and Lorena Peterson as well. We are all sitting in for Doug. Takes five of us to carry to take uh, Doug's spot uh, here on Fox Sports Radio, sitting in for Doug on a Monday. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 